Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 26, Minute 26. Tommy and the gals are now back. We're back in the living room, and Tommy is about to explain why Billy and Scott are not there, where they are, in fact. Let's listen. They probably met some real women in the way. Shut up! Cut it out, babe. Hey, Linda, why don't you call Scott? I don't want to call him. Besides, it's getting late. Oh, come on, Linda. No, really, listen. You guys excuse me for a minute? (laughs) No. Just because you live here doesn't mean you can do anything you want to around this place. Seriously, Tommy, where are those guys? Really? If you really want to know, they're together. Yeah, but where? Scott and Billy are notorious homosexuals. Gag. Tommy, this is this is a theme in the movie, uh, doing a, a sort of a, the homosexual panic amongst the um, is that is that uh, right? Um, sort of amongst the um, the crazy teens, and um, well, if this was '84, that that was unfortunately the way shit was, and I apologize to everyone, but I think it's done in a completely idiotic way that I love. So I I hope. Um, if you're listening, it it doesn't. I don't want to offend. Um, this movie, I think this movie is too dumb to offend. This movie is too goofy. This movie is too the, in completely wonderfully inept. Or maybe I'm wrong. If I am wrong, please write in and tell me. But yeah, so so you get this, and it's the second reference. Don't don't be so queer. We heard earlier, and this was um, you know Tommy saying that. So yeah, um, um, cut it out, babe. I. I um, oh, oh no! He doesn't say that for that. When it's um, they probably found some real women, and then she gives him a whack. Cut it out, babe. I, don't, <laughs> I like that that he doesn't say. You know that time she doesn't get a f u whore. She gets a cut it out, babe. I just I just want to say cut it out, babe. I'm just gonna keep saying that. I almost I almost I'm, I'm almost sounding like a, a Wayne Campbell. Cut it cut it out, Garth. Man, those are great movies, by the way. Wayne's World Wayne's World Two. I just got those on Blu-ray like a month or two ago and rewatched them. I didn't see either of them in the theater. Can you believe that? What was it, like 93 and like 94 and 95? I saw flipping Ace Ventura, both Ace Ventura movies in the theater. Now, you know what I did see? You know, what happened with Wayne's World was I knew of Wayne's World from the... uh, the, There there was a brief window where I watched Saturday Night Live regularly and Wayne's World was one of the things. I was very tempted to see Wayne's World, but I had seen several Saturday Night Live-related movies uh, like cast members or, or that kind of, uh, you know, that sort of uh, or, or based on them that hadn't really done much for me um, when I was younger I found the Blues Brothers to be interminable now I love the Blues Brothers I realize the thing about the Blues Brothers is that to me the Blues Brothers aren't funny uh, 
And that's the joy of the movie, is the Blues Brothers, apart from a few moments, are sort of this calm, slightly insane center of this craziness that goes on all around them. And and they're sort of perfect in that space. That they're, they're almost funny sort of not being funny, which I really like. But for some reason, I didn't go see Wayne's World. I don't know why. And I didn't go see Wayne's World 2. I don't know why. I saw Wayne's World 2 first, much like when I was younger. I saw Airplane 2, the sequel, about 10 times before I saw Airplane. And then when I was watching Airplane for the first time, I sat there going, I know quite a few of these jokes. I couldn't believe they did the exact same jokes. That that seemed strange to me. But yeah, it, it took me a very long time to see the Wayne's World movies. Why? I love them so much. I should have gone out immediately and seen them. I'm an idiot. I did. Did I mention that I saw Tommy Boy? I adore Tommy Boy. It's one of my wife and, and myself. One of our favorite films is Tommy Boy. I know what you're saying, Dan. What are you talking about? Well, these were all films that. I, well, um, yeah, those are those are films that came out actually at the end of my youth and the start of my adulthood. But I was just going through some films. I mean, if this is '84, what the heck were we watching in '84? Was that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? I think. Yeah, '84. Was there Karate Kid in '84? I forget. I don't know. I've somewhere around here. I've got an action film book and a uh, horror film book where I could yell out some eighty in the initiation. Saw it not not at the time, but um, I should I should have drawn up a list. What was the number one film for nineteen eighty four? Was that was that Beverly Hills Cop? Was it Beverly Hills Cop? I think maybe. Oh gosh, this is going to be wrong if I'm saying it wrong, but if this was made in 84, like Jen Jensen says, Beverly Hills Cop was the number one movie, I think. Maybe not. Give me a moment. Oh, geez, Louise, I got box office mojo up here. Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, uh, Footloose, Romancing the Stones, Star Trek 3, and Splash are the top ten. And I saw all of those in the theater, but Footloose... Police Academy and Star Trek 3. I don't know why I didn't go see Star Trek 3. I saw all the others with the original cast. For some reason, I didn't go see that. Footloose didn't look interesting to me. And Police Academy was rated R. I had to wait for HBO. The next 10, Purple Rain, which I've still never seen. Amadeus, which I saw in the theater and a double feature with the Care Bears movie. Yes, the Care Bears movie. Uh, Tightrope, which I think I saw on... Um, uh, HBO, The Natural, which I have not seen, Grey Sword of Legend of Tarzan, I have not seen, Revenge of the Nerds, I've seen, two, 2010, Breakin', of course, Bachelor Party, of course, Red Dawn. Number 21, Terminator. Wow. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to stop. Number 26, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Oh, it coming in at 32. Can we run to Dune was 28. 30 million. Huh. Huh. Well, I'm sorry, everyone. I, I got lost in the movies there of 1984, if that's when this was shot. I still think it was shot mostly in 82, uh, just because of that that police, uh, that police that medical uh, report at the beginning. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's fun. You know, I, well, I'll tell my... Here, I'm going to finish talking about the minute. I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Uh, but, yeah, this minute is basically, most of it is the three of them sitting there. And it's just like, uh, and it looks like Linda does look tired. She actually looks kind of perky at the beginning of the minute. Then instantly she goes tired and she goes away. And she's actually going up to her bathroom for whatever reason. And Tommy is one of those great guys, you know. Um, no, just because it's your house, you don't get to do whatever you want. And it's just like, oh, God, Tommy, everything you say is tiresome. But why do I love you in your pink shirt so much? Why? Because he's so effing good looking. Looking, that's why. But still, 
Yeah, he's just one of those guys where it's like it's funny. I I don't know if this was a gang. These three gals have been hanging out forever, but it's just one of those those things. As you know, high school went along, you'd invariably get the bits where it was like you know your best friends began to bring along their girlfriends or boyfriends, and you hoped you liked them because if you didn't, this was going to be a pardon my French shit storm. And the minute ends with uh, the the three of them are still talking, and, and Linda goes up into her bathroom, and you see the killer slowly. That's what the creepy music is. The killer is slowly creeping up the ladder. You should have moved the ladder. I can't. I still can't imagine that the ladder was like, oh, some dumbass put a ladder here, and I'm following him up the ladder. It's a lot of coincidences. We when we did cover Blood Lake and Ice in the previous volume of these minute by minute podcasts. We saw all the strange coincidences and the odd moments, and this this one has as many. I mean, I imagine when you actually break down most movies, most of them have some sort of coincidences and things in them, um, or or just things where like it doesn't quite hmm, that feels a little off or, or a little shoehorned in, like Back to the Future trilogy, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes, I consider them to be one movie, but I'm always that the chicken thing in parts two and three. Now, granted, by the time you get to sort of the end of part three, you know, it's there. But just the way it sort of starts off in part two um, is is sort of like, huh, where did this come from? Because if they had introduced it at the beginning of part one or within part one, that would have been one thing. But putting it in part two and making it such an important thing feels slight, always felt slightly off to me. Now, having said that, having said that... Um, I don't know when chicken, calling somebody chicken. I know chicken was in the 50, 1955, chicken was the game you played. So I don't think chicken was used in the same way in 55 that it was used in 85. And he's really only like in a classroom scene for like a couple of minutes in the first Back to the Future. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's absolutely no, I mean, there's absolutely no reason why we would have learned everything we needed to learn about Marty in those 15 to 20 minutes that he's in 1985 before he zaps back to 1955. Am I spoiling things for folks? So so the chicken thing shouldn't feel wrong. I mean, you know, you know people for years and it's still like, oh, wow, I didn't know that about you. Or, you you know, it's, I've never heard you swear before or something like that. You know, you could know folks for years and suddenly learn something new. So why does that plot point always bother me slightly whenever I hear it? I don't know. It shouldn't. Because it does sort of make sense. It does make sense. It, um, because the more you learn about Marty, the more you learn that, yeah, something like that might bother him. But, um, uh, yeah, so so that's not a coincidence per se, but that's just a, um, a plot point, a plot sort of beat that always makes me go, huh. And this, the ladder in the front of the house that the killer can climb up, is a similar one. So let's see, the uh, ladder's climbing up the killer. I'm kidding, of course. I do note that above the lamp on Linda's wall, they have one of those intercom systems. We had those in the ho- our house on uh, 76 Kingsgate North. We had the intercom system. And when we learned that you could, like, uh, like you could hear into rooms and, and, you know, it was just like I'd be sitting in my room and all of a sudden, Dad, it's dinner time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, Ma, knock it off! By th- that point is when we stopped using the intercom. The intercoms became something that, like a painting that we're hanging. Out. It was like a, it was an art installation. These intercom things throughout the house. But that's oh, let me do my Beverly Hills Cop story real quick. So I don't know how we finagled my Ma in get, taking us to see Beverly Hills Cop. It was myself, my sister Lorraine, 
and my um, her my mom's boyfriend Frank P Fargo, uh, who was soon to be my stepdad. And he was like, "Come on, Mary, they'll have a great time." It's Eddie Murphy; he's hilarious. In fact, he is hilarious. And we so we sat in the seats, and right before right when the before the lights went down, my mom said, "If there is any swearing, we are leaving." I don't know if you guys have seen Beverly Hills Cop, but within one minute, F this, F that, F that. My mom, like, grabbed my sister's and mine, uh, uh, my arms. And she said, we're going. And, and my, my soon-to-be stepdad leaned and said, no, no, Mary, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. They, they've heard it a few times now. They're going to be all right. You guys going to be all right? Okay, let's watch the movie. We had such a good time. The banana in the tailpipe um, sequence uh, uh, where, where uh, Axel is, is talking about it afterwards. Oh, I almost peed my pants. So good. I, I will be the first to admit that I, I went back to it a few years ago, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't laugh much, but I really enjoyed it. It just feels like a good 80s cop action movie with a lot of fun comedy. And it's sort of like a stakeout. Now, I know what you think of Dan. Beverly Hills Cop is better than stakeout. Yeah, you're right. But I did like stakeout. So, um, never too young to die, anyone? So, uh, that is minute... I don't even know where we are now. Minute 26, and it looks like the killer is about to get in the house. But where the heck are Billy and Scott? And why do you all love this music so much? Mm-hmm.